My name is Dr. Christy Morgan and I am the Arizona Director for Candle Wishes in Phoenix, Arizona. My name is Jenny Williams. I'm the Founder and Executive Director of the Candle Wishes Foundation. I just really felt this burden come over me for these kids. Children mean a lot. Um, you never want a child to grow up feeling like they're not loved. God put this on my heart to want to give these children happy birthdays. This foundation just touched my heart, so I knew that this was something that I needed to do. Okay, y'all, I'm not gonna ugly cry. This is terrible. There was a time in our life where we struggled. Um, there was a time in our life where we lived paycheck to paycheck. One time when we first moved down to Phoenix, a friend of ours, even at Christmas time, paid for my son to have a picture. <laughs> paid to have a picture of our son sitting on Santa's lap and I couldn't afford it because we had just moved across the country. And so, that's always stuck with me. If you would love to sponsor a child, if you would like to throw a birthday party, if you would like to just volunteer, we need your help. Reach out to us so that we can connect and, um, and make our community a better place. And good morning. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host and I have a really cool guest on today. Before we get to him, I want to I want to make sure that I'm I, I I give an additional plug to the Candle Wishes Foundation. Please go out and after the show, go to the the Candle Wishes Foundation of Arizona and there's one in Tennessee. They're both the same, Dr. Christy Morgan's in Arizona. So Follow them. Those kids need birthday parties. So listen, I want to um, I want to tell you the guy that I have on today is a a friend of mine, and he's a speaker. He's an author, best-selling author. The guy is an absolute amazing guy. Um, Edwin, I think we just lost video. Um, you were on there, and and I've lost you. Um, I think he's he's trying to get his video back here real quick. Um, I have Edwin Dearborn coming on here any second. Um, hang on real quick for me. Uh, are you still there? Oh, there you are. I see your hand. Nope, I'm looking outside the window now. <laughs> Flip your camera around. There you are. There you are. Edwin, welcome to the show. There we go. Despite technology, I'm here. <laughs> That's right. It's because of technology, man. So, so you're coming to us from Las Vegas, Nevada. Yes, sir. All right. So, so you know, this show, as I, I, I had already told you, you know, this show, and I, because you have a full beard, I went ahead and didn't shave today, so I could fit in. Um, okay, great. <laughs> but the, you know, this show is, it's about helping people get unstuck. And I truly believe that by hearing other people's stories, um, that that empowers us. It gives us the hope and motivation to get unstuck ourselves. So um, I'm excited to hear your story, man. I don't know it. So um, I do, however, want to say that I have your book, and, and, and I'm very, very grateful you sent this to me. So um, Power Branding Secrets. I'm, I'm excited to find out everything about you. So let's start with where... 
you were born and raised. Let's tell everybody where you were born and raised. Great. Well, first of all, Ken, I really want to acknowledge you uh, and this show that you've created. I mean, you've really created a platform that, to me, is not only giving individuals like myself a voice, but I really see your brand really growing and, and it, because you offer so much value. So I just want to really acknowledge you, Thank you having me on the show and just your overall endeavor with this. It's really incredible. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah, I was, believe it or not, I was born in Inglewood, California. Okay. Uh, 1964. And I was raised in Torrance, California until I was about six years old. Okay. My father uh, served in uh, the CIA, believe it or not. And uh, he went to Vietnam. And when I was six years old, I moved to Thailand. I lived in Bangkok for a number of years. Wow. As a little child. Bangkok, Thailand. Bangkok, Thailand. What was, what was, what language do they speak in Bangkok? They speak Thai. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's uh, well, that's from a movie. Uh, 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 what was that? Meet the parents. Remember? <laughs> He's like, oh, Jack <laughs> totally. talked Thai real good, <laughs> or something. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So did you so did, to, did you I, learn to speak Thai? Uh, just a little bit, you know. I, I mean. It, it, I forgot it all because when you're not around it, but you know, I learned basic words. Yeah. So you, how long, and how long did you live there? I, we lived there about two years. Okay. While my dad was, uh, serving, uh, he worked for Air America over in, um, Southeast Asia. Okay. Okay. Then we came back and I, I, we moved to Huntington Beach for about a year or two. And then after that, around 10 years old, we moved to Newport Beach. And that's where I lived till I was about 24 years old. Newport Beach, California. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I was very fortunate. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I've I don't I've not been there. I've been to I've been to L.A. one time, um, and it, it was right before we moved back to Ohio from Vegas. My wife and I and our little girl got in the car and drove to L.A. I'm like, I'm not going to live on the West Coast and never have been to L.A. So. We went to L.A. and we ended up going to um, what's that that pier, the famous pier, um, Hermosa. No, just Santa, Venice. Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Santa Monica Pier. Yeah, um, we went down there, and that's as far as we went. And then we turned around and went back to Vegas. So, um, but so so tell me, um, you grew up in, in you said Newport Beach. Yep. Pretty much from ten to twenty-four. To about twenty-four years old. Yeah. So what was it like growing up there? Well, it's definitely not the Newport Beach that it is today, the resort town. It was it was actually kind of kind of a quiet little city that that it, you know, obviously got busy during the summer, but it got very quiet. Okay. And we literally lived a couple blocks away from the beach, so I was very fortunate that I, you know, learned how to scuba dive, I learned how to body surf because I was right there by the water. Yeah. Is the water so, is the water there warm or cold? No, it's very, very, very cold. I, yeah. Especially when you scuba dive and you go deep, <laughs> then it gets really, really cold, and you've got to have thick wetsuits. Yeah. So, so you you were here. You are living in in. I mean, that's like a that's probably like a dreamland for most people, right? Like it it is. I, I look. I I had a very fortunate childhood. Um, that doesn't mean that. You know, my parents were also entrepreneurial, which was really where I got started. 
when my father got back, he attempted to start several small businesses. Okay. And so, you know, that's where I jumped in and helped fold catalogs or stuff envelopes, hand out flyers. You know, um, my parents owned a, a motorhome rental business and then they got into the travel business because my dad was all, my dad was a pilot by trade. Uh, my mother had worked for American Airlines as a flight attendant. Wow. So it was natural for them to get into the travel business in the 1980s and they opened a travel agency and I was about 19 years old at the time. So wait, so, wait, wait, back, back up. I, I'm curious. So your, your father was a CIA pilot. <laughs> is that, is that right? Yes. I didn't even know such thing existed. Yeah. He eventually became a commercial pilot, but yes, there's a lot of things that exist that we don't know about. <laughs> right. Right. I happen to know I have uh, I, I, I won't go into detail, but I know I know somebody that's um, yeah, in the same same agency. So um, so with with the um, so so they were entrepreneurial. How, now, wait, so you get back to 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 Newport Beach and yeah. and uh, is he still in the CIA or did he No, this time. He he gets a commercial job okay. as a pilot. He's flying the DC-8 at this time. Oh, wow. Okay. He's making very good money. Yeah. He will work for two weeks, have two weeks off. So during those two weeks off, my father, you know, was had an active mind. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, with this time and with this money, why don't I open up other channels? Right, right. So So he started in the – and what was the business? Well, our first business was a motorhome rental business in Orange County. Wow. We did that for about five or six years and then transitioned out of that, sold that, and then they opened a travel agency in Irvine, California. Okay. Wow. It's That seems the the next logical step, motorhome rental to travel. I mean, right? <laughs> to, to, right? I mean, it is, right? That's the next yeah, logical step. Yeah, I mean, you step. know, it's all about travel, right? Right, right. Wow. So now how long did they do that or do they still? No, they don't. They had the travel agency for about 10 years. I worked for them uh, for about five or six years. Okay. And that's concurrently to starting there. Now, I didn't have any skill in the travel business. I had no skill sets. I was 19 years old. Right. I just started junior college. I didn't know what I really wanted to do. So I just ran errands and I started taking classes on advertising in college. Yeah. And that really intrigued me as I started reading books by Trout and Reese and David Ogilvie and, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, wow, there's this thing called advertising. It's an actual know-how, right? Yeah. Right. So I told my mom, you know, this is back in the early eighties. I'll hand out flyers. Yeah. So I've said, what are the top 25 cities that people want to travel to. I just, you know, kind of like the top 10 list, but let's go to the top 25. So I made a flyer of, hey, guess what? We can get you to these 25 cities at this price. It said, get me the lowest deal, the best deal on every city. And I would literally go around to the business parks and either stuff it in their, you know, slot, or if there was open, I would just open the door and go, hi, my name's Edwin. I'm with, with the business called Travel Travel. And I said, I'm travel, travel, and there's our contact information. And so between that and some ads that we ran on, um, 
the newspaper in our first year we broke a million dollars in sales what yeah what your first <laughs> yeah. year first year yeah like i was can i was out there like i was a young hustler before i ever knew that that was a concept right i just knew that my family had a business we had an opportunity and i was like i was just excited about reading about david ogilvy and you know all the emotional buttons so i was i was reading and i was applying it wow right there in the flyers and i was then i started grabbing business cards and i created a mailing list then i started a newsletter <clears throat> i started mailing the newsletter every month a, a physical newsletter this this is this before email this is pre pre internet right this is an actual newsletter and i'm you know I'm going to the typesetter and right. yeah, I'm taking it to the printer yeah. and I'm folding it and I'm putting a stamp on it and Dude, pe getting people bulk don't, mail in Disha. People don't know about that. I know. <laughs> I do, but yeah, people don't. Yeah. Most people don't now these days. Wow. Yeah, but I was I was hitting up 500 to 1,000 businesses per week. And, and I was mailing out thousands of newsletters, and it was just that pure, yep. just contacting the public over and over and over. And and I realized that if you have the right message and the right offering, and you just, you know, and I obviously business people travel, right? So I went yep. to business parks. That was I the right it, audience. Dude. And then once they became a client... I grabbed their business card and I put them in the database and then I hit them up on the database to get them to come back. So this is, I mean, uh, you know, that's grassroots guerrilla marketing. That's like, I, I do some, some, some coaching and, and people that are like, well, I don't know what to do. I'm like, you know what you do then go knock on doors. Just go walk in. To do you, you know, it's, I think that we've gotten so, um, blinded by digital yep. that we've forgotten that, you know, we're still human beings. There's still a human connection. There's still something about looking at a person in the eye, shaking their hand, yep. seeing, letting them see who you are, you know, having a, a real honest conversation, letting them know that you're interested in their business. Right. Right. You know, and making a connection, building a real rapport. So and I think that, it's just as important. I, I totally agree with you. And, and, and so, you know, one of the things that um, I, 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 I don't know you well, but I just have a suspicion that somewhere along the way in your teen years or somewhere you was there, did you get in any trouble? Did you, did you go the wrong way? Did you, you know, of course. Did, uh, the, huh? Yes, of course. I, I already knew that, and I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, I had hair when I was about 18, 19. I had hair down to my shoulders. I was okay. living in Newport Beach. Yeah. I looked like a surfer kid. I was wow. smoking pot every day. Yeah. I was chasing skirt, drinking. You know, I was doing – I was just lost, you know. I was yeah. kind of going to college. I was, I had this entrepreneurial mind, but I didn't have focus of a goal. Right, right, right. And when I got that focus, I cut the hair, I stopped doing the drugs and I started hustling and I started working. That's awesome, dude. 
So, so, um, and you went to you. So you graduated high school in Newport Beach area. Yeah. Okay. Newport Harbor High, class of '82. Okay. Um, so you're just a couple years older than me, but the um, the uh, you went to college then. I went to two years at Orange Coast. I didn't graduate. Um, I just took random classes. You know that those are my years that I was trying to find were just my focus. So I took a lot of classes on business, advertising, photography, design. I, I, I just, my mind was going in the direction of marketing and sales. They just, those type of classes kind of really attracted my attention. Right. And, and I just knew that I wanted to put together business and art and advertising somehow, some way I didn't know when or where, but that's that's where my my mind and spirit were were kind of drawn to. Gotcha. So um, <clears throat> so you 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 left college. You didn't you didn't graduate. No. Um, what and so what? You're twenty twenty one maybe. Yeah, about twenty one twenty two. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what what so what and and were you already working with your your mom and dad in the travel travel? Yeah. Business? Yeah. We were. <clears throat> I was still working at Travel Travel. Okay. Um, and so you'd work there in while you were in college too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then yeah. what happened next? Where, where, where did you, um, cause you said you only worked for them about five years. Yeah. Then I, I got offered a job. I met a gentleman who owned an advertising agency in Newport beach. Got it. Okay. And we just started hitting it, hitting it off. And he goes, why don't you come work for me? Learn advertising in an actual work environment. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it sounded intriguing. It was better pay, but I got to work in the industry now officially. Wow. And so he mentored me where we'd go out and we would pitch these advertising deals. And back then advertising was, you know, billboards, brochures, uh, print ads and high end magazines. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? That was that was the 80s. Right. 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 But. I got to see real conversations between real business professionals about the subject of advertising and then taking them through the creative phase, even market research, the whole design. I got to sit with the designers, how they were taking the research and, and creating, you know, using color wheels. And, you know, I got yeah. knee deep into the whole advertising industry, right? Yep, yep. And a lot of people don't know what a color wheel is either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, am I dating myself? No, no. My, you know, my, my, I mean, that's, we're in similar businesses. My wife, her very first job out of college was at an advertising agency, a pretty big one here in, in Ohio. And, and like <clears throat> she knows marketing and advertising, like it's mind blowing to, to listen to her talk. So. Um, because most of it's over my head, <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. what, what are you talking about? Like, but, but so, um, so you got, so you were here, you are now in your early or mid twenties and you're fully immersed in, into a, an advertising agency. You're like the, 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 what's that, that TV show, uh, Mad Jim, Men. huh? Madman. Madman, yeah, you're like real life madman. My wife just commented on Facebook said, "I love my color wheel." <laughs> she, <laughs> she still has it. So, so um 
you know, like here you are in an agency. Are you doing any um, selling or is it, I mean, what, what's your role at, with the agency? I, I had to work up. I mean, the first thing was just hit the phones. Yeah. It, this is when <clears throat> you could outbound call and just grab the phone book or just grab a, a, a business directory and just go, hi, this is Edwin Dearborn with J. Parks Potter. We're here in Irvine. We help businesses expand. Do you need help with your marketing or advertising? Wow. And I'd make 60 or 70 of those calls per day. Yeah, right. And set appointments. And we also had an appointment setter that would also help me. And then I'd go to networking meetings, Latip, Chambers. I mean, this is, you know, put on your shoes and, and start walking the floor. Right, right, right. So you, like, uh, I mean, at least up until this point... Everything that you're talking, because I like last week I went on a world tour. <laughs> it felt like, um, but I I ended up driving to Dallas. Then I went <clears throat> to visit with clients, and 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 then I I drove to Austin to meet more clients. Then I drove over to New Orleans to meet more clients, and 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 it was because, you know, this digital stuff. I do a lot of it, right? And, and, you know, a lot of Facebook advertising and stuff, but the, the face to face, nothing in the world takes the place to, of, of face to face, belly to belly, shaking somebody's hand. It just doesn't. The, I, I don't think we'll ever replace that. In fact, no I think it's even more valuable today than it ever has been. Agreed. Because we've become so distant and disconnected because of digital. Right. 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 I call it digital disconnection. Right. I, I totally agree with you that the minute you are able to that and take a look at the guys that are just on top. Grant Cardone, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. The guys. I mean, they're pressing the flesh. Yep. They are They're Yeah. They've mastered digital and they've got their shows. They ask Gary V show and the young hustle show. Yeah. But man, they're on the circuit and yeah. they're sitting down with young people one on one. Yep, I agree with you. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and I think <clears throat> when you combine that with digital, that creates some of the best content. So, so now you're combining both. You're contacting people and you're recording that interaction of real-life conversation right. as it's happening in real time. I think that's powerful content. I, I, I totally agree with you. You know, I, I, um, I, I'm old school. And, and again, I, I think that there's a lot like I, I, you know, one of the, the biggest parts of, of my coaching business is teaching people how to use social media properly. Right. So so I think that there's a lot of value in what we're doing in the digital space. Um, but again, it's not going to take the place 100 percent of face to face. It's just it, 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 you have to have some some face to face interaction. So. So, but without getting too far into that, I, I would like to, um, you know, I'd like to know, like, when, when, so you're in this agency, how long did you work at that agency? About two years. Two years. What happened after that? What was next? Did you stay in the agency business? No. What I did is I met a doctor, Dr. Uh, Bill Gillette. Okay. And he had a, he had a practice in Whittier, California. Okay. And um, he, I told him what I was doing with the advertising agency, and he's like, "Man, I want to, I want to boom my practice, and I want to 
own multiple practices. You're the right guy. He just, we just, we hit it off. Right. Like, literally, we met each other. We were like brothers. And he goes, you're the guy. I know you're the guy. You got the skill sets. You have the sense of humor. We both like to joke around a lot, right? He was a very funny guy. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I came over there, and within one year, we 5X'd his practice, and then we bought a second one. We wow. took him from 20 new patients a month to 100 new patients per month. Wow. So I 5X'd his influx of new patients, and I 4X'd his revenue so much so that we were able to buy a second practice in Huntington Beach, California. Wow, dude. What kind of what kind of doctor? Uh chiropractor. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, man. So yeah, and that and that was also just a lot of guerrilla marketing. And you know, there's no digital at that time. Right. So we did a lot of bulk mail. Um I handed out a lot of flyers. I went to a lot of community events. And this was back in the what? Late eighties, like eighty seven, yeah. eighty eight. So, so chiropractic was still not in its infancy by any stretch, but like it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't what it is today. No. Like people had a lot of, um, <coughs> a lot of, of, um, I don't know what the, the, the word is, um, misconceptions maybe about chiropractic care. Yeah. It was just beginning to blow up then yeah it was really taking off right it didn't have um i mean it was there was this misconception of i don't want my back cracked you're gonna crack my back right and that was the big thing i had to overcome back in the late 80s it was like oh i don't want to hear that snapping sound yeah, because if right. i hear that snapping sound you must be breaking my bones right 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 um, that, yeah, yeah, I think we're past that stage where people don't think that anymore. Yeah. So, so with the, um, so you, you, you helped really grow this guy's practice. Um, how long were you, were you in that? I was in that till about, uh, nine, 1989, 1990. We worked together for a couple of years. Okay. Okay. And then at that point, I became a, um, I worked for a nonprofit organization, did fundraising. Okay. So, and so did that for you, a number of years. Right. So, so you, you, um, so like at some point though, you decided I'm going to write a book. Yeah. Right? Yep. How, how recent was this? I wrote that three years ago. Okay. Three years ago. Um, so you wrote this book three years ago. What made you decide to write a book? Like, uh, obviously if you, if you've written a book, um, you're definitely, uh, you, you have, uh, you have the, the entrepreneurial bug because writing a book, like they don't just like start selling just because you wrote a book. <laughs> I told people it was like having a child. It is. Yeah. It's there's, there's a lot to it. Um, so what made you decide to write a book? Well, really, the impetus for that was in 2006. I went to work for a gentleman named Bill Gillette, a mutual friend. Okay. And, you know, 2006, 2007, the economy started to tank big time. But at the same time, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all these things were emerging. 
Right. They were brand new. Right. We tend to forget that YouTube is like 12 or 13 years old, right? Right. Yeah. So this is emerging while the economy is collapsing. And this guy's crushing it online. So I realized I had this epiphany that literally changed my life. And I said to myself, you know, marketing and advertising, but the landscape is changing dramatically. And if you don't jump on board and learn it, you're going to be a dinosaur. You're going to be. Oh, I lost you. You there? I'm here. Do you see me? Yep, I see you now. I lost you there okay, for a second. Okay, sorry about that. So I knew that I was going to be in, you know, this ancient thing, right? Yeah. So my my successful action was find somebody who's crushing it and go work for them and be mentored. And Bill McIntosh was crushing it. So I worked for him for a number of years. And, by, and at that time, it was just building websites and doing SEO. That was the thing back in 2006. Yeah, we've got a website and we're doing SEO. We've got keywords, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have I have the SEO conversation daily, every day of my life. Right. Yeah. But it gave me the opportunity to speak, talk, and while I'm doing this, being mentored by Bill McIntosh, <clears throat> I'm grabbing books and I'm reading at night, like The New Rules of Marketing and PR by David Meerman Scott. Wow, was one of my favorites. Yeah. And I just started reading about digital marketing, working in digital marketing, and just immersing myself in this world. Right. And I found that still to this day, everybody's overwhelmed. So I wrote the book with the idea of what if I could take all that experience and write a book that undercut the gradient yeah. and gave somebody not just a bunch of knowledge, but an actual action plan. And in my book, I define words. Yeah, I give examples. I try to give people, you know, how it works. And at the end of my book, I actually give a step by step plan of like, okay, here's what you can do with what you have. Don't worry about that. You don't have fancy equipment. You don't have a big budget. You can begin with what you have. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that that I and and I personally have also thought about writing a book about um, digital marketing and in, in Columbus, Ohio, I was the very first person to um, <clears throat> embed a video on a realtor's website um, doing a walkthrough of a house. It was before YouTube even existed. And and so I, I did all of that. And I'm like, you know, I, I didn't realize really it was more of a I did it because it was challenging <laughs> and I like challenges. And and so I figured out how to embed a flash video on a website when flash was was, you know, relevant. And and so, you know, I've seen uh, and, and I know you have too. over the I've, I've had this company for 16 years and and my God, things have changed. I mean, they, and they're, they're changing so fast too. And, and it's like, you know, so I've thought, I've talked myself out of writing a book on digital marketing because I'm like, by the time it's published and it gets, it's like, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's changed because now it's like Instagram and Facebook and, and, and this, you know, this goes out on the binge TV networks, which goes to Apple TV and Roku and all these different platforms. But 
like it's all digital stuff, right? Yeah. Like what? How do you? How do you? Um, when you're dealing with clients um, or or anybody for that matter, how do you convince them to stay relevant? Like, hey, man, things are changing. Like, even I, I would. It's been three years, man. Some stuff has changed in your book. Guarantee it. Yep. Right. So how do you? Yeah. How do you get people to stay relevant? Well, number one, I realize that no book will ever stay relevant, but there's a lot of foundation yeah. stuff, right? Right. Do you have a strategy? Right. Right. Are you keeping, you know, do you have a story to tell? Do you have a, you know, what is a brand? Right. So 90% of the stuff in my book will still be relevant in 10 years because it's fundamentals. Right. Right. That. Yep. And, and, and so I'm going to tell you something, you know, we don't, when you go into a business, I'm going to tell you the question that throws everybody on their heels. And I've been to businesses with board of directors that went to Harvard University and Brown and, you know, this school in USC. And what can you do for us, Edwin? You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you the question that throws them for a loop every time. Can I see your written marketing and sales strategy and plan? Wow. Not once. Has anybody been able to produce a written plan? Right. And I go, if you guys don't have a written plan, what are you coordinating around? Right. And you'll find that at the highest levels of the biggest companies, including especially small companies and solopreneurs, they have no strategy. Right. They're, they're constantly winging it. And there's infighting within the corporation. The marketing people resent the salespeople. The salespeople don't think the marketing people are working for them. They're not getting the support. This is a huge issue. And I cover that particular issue in my book, particularly the amount of strife that's internal because of the level of disorganization when it comes to sales and marketing. So the first thing I do is I put in order. Where are we going? Who are we? What is our unique selling proposition? Right. And if you don't have it in writing and you don't have everybody chiming the same message, then you have multiple messages going out into the environment or no message. Right. Or worse, a confused message. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> I covered those points extensively in multiple chapters in my book that, you know, before you say anything, is everybody on the same team? Are we actually organized? And does our message actually resonate with the needs, the wants, the pains, right? The desires, the hopes of our audience. Dude, that that I, I had that conversation, literally this exact conversation yesterday with a, a client that that I said, look, don't you know, don't assume because a lot of of um, people on a higher level will definitely have have goals written down and they have a, a plan in mind for um, specific, you know, some certain areas in their business or their life. But, you know, most people have no goals. Most people have no plan, not just in business, but in life. Right. And so I had that exact conversation yesterday with with somebody going, we first off, let's don't assume that people have goals because they don't. They don't. I, I'm telling you, and it, it's so funny you say that because they'll say, well, we want to do some marketing. And I go, well, how much, what, what do you want to achieve through this marketing? Right. I go, well, what do you mean? 
I go financially, right? Statistically, how do do you want to make a like how much more money? How many more new patients? How, they're like, well, right. we've never thought about that, right? And I go, well, if we don't have an end goal, how do I reverse engineer and build a system that's going to get you where you want? Otherwise, you're going to come back to me and go, your marketing's not working, <laughs> right? Right. We're not measuring anything. How do you know if it's working or not? Right, right. I, I, dude, it's, it's amazing. It's like when, when somebody says they want a website and I go, well, what, what do you, what do you have in mind? What are your goals for the website? How many pages? What, what content? What do we, the interactivity, yada, yada, yada. And, and they're like, well, I haven't really thought about that. How much do you charge? And I'm like, a million dollars a month should cover all of our bases. <laughs> like, because I don't, I don't know what it's going to be, right? Like, we got to figure that out. That's part of the deal. So it, it's, it's so important to have exactly what you're saying, man. You've got to have a strategy, a plan, and it's got to be measurable. You got to keep stats on what, what's going on and how it's working, what's working, what's not working. I love it, dude. You're right. Love it. I'm now, now I'm going to have to read your book. <laughs> <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, I tell you, it's, you know, when you look at whether it's martial arts or sports, we look at these athletes and they'll always tell you that it's the fundamentals. It's the footwork, you know, a boxer, a boxing coach. It's the footwork, the footwork, the footwork, the footwork. Right. Right. And you're going, well, the boxer doesn't hit with his feet. You're like, Yes, he does. Yeah. Because if he's got the foundation of footwork, right, the punch will have so much more power. That's right. Right. Yeah. Now you and I, we're not trained boxers, so we don't look at the footwork. But the coach, he knows that that's the foundation for a fighter's success. Right. 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 Okay. So as a coach, I go in and I'm looking at the footwork. Yep. And they're not looking at the footwork. They're going, we need a bigger punch. <laughs> right. I get it, dude. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So, so, um, so, wow, man, that's, that's so, that's so true. So, so you've, you've, you've done a lot of things and, and you're, you, you wrote this book. You do, I know you do speaking engagements. You go out and, and talk to entrepreneurs and, and, you know, what are some of the things that you talk about? I, you know, I think the, the number one thing that I find is how do I actually make sense of this digital thing, this internet of things? Yeah. How do I get into it on a gradient that makes sense to me within the budget that I have? It's always, you know, it's the, it, I, I preach the Japanese philosophy called Kaizen, which is small, little, continual improvements. Yeah. Right? I've heard People of get, are so willing to be overwhelmed, and I, and I always have to back them down and go, no, let's just start with something you can do. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> can you get out an email this week? Yes, yeah, so I can do that. Good. Let's get out an email. Yep. Right? Yep. And when they start having little wins, they go, well, that's not that hard. Right. Then I go, okay, what's the next thing you can confront? Right. And we start doing this. And then a year back, they've got all these skill sets 
and all these things they can confront doing, now they're doing them on a routine, and guess what happens? They have a system, they're putting in processes, they have growth. I, I love it. I, I Again, <clears throat> it goes back to, you know, people people get stuck they get frozen they they and they forget that you know like you know when you first i started my business uh, fresh out of a divorce that was not a good one and well not not that any of them are good but um <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah right so um but i had no money i had nothing literally down to zero i had a car and hope <laughs> and that was it and and a buddy loaned uh, me twenty bucks and and said, dude, you need to move out of my house. Like, go find your own place. You're thirty five or thirty six years old. Grow up and 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 get your your crap together. And so I I took that and I I, I bought a pack of cigarettes because I smoked back then. They were three dollars a pack then. And 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 I had seventeen left. I put ten dollars gas in my car. And I thought, well, I have $7 for lunch, <laughs> right? So McDonald's value meal looked good. And, and, and I went out and I knocked on doors. So, you know, and then I've done, uh, I, I, you know, I've done very extremely well. But, like, you know, the, the fundamental is making those touch points, like making those contacts. I, did, I had no idea who I was talking to that very first day, none. But I went out and I banged on doors until I got somebody that said yes. Yeah, I, I tell people you want to expand your business, go go contact people. That's it. You know, su- success is a contact sport. It is. Amen. It is, man. What are some of the things that you see um, people getting getting? Um, like getting stuck, like, you know, people do get stuck, not just in business, but in life. What are some of the things that, um, you see people that, 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 what's the number one thing that's, that keeps people stuck in your opinion? I think that it's very easy to point to other factors outside of your control as to why you're not successful. Yeah. Oh, it's the president. Oh, it's Congress. Oh, it's the economy. Oh, it's competition. Oh, the, you know, inflation. There's always some factor yeah. going on in the, you know, and it's really easy to point the fingers at things that you cannot control. Right. And a strategy always starts out with once you've decided on what your goal is, assessing your resources. What do you have? And I give the analogy of, you know, Tom Hanks on that island. You know, what was that movie? Castaway. Uh, uh, what was it? Was um, it Castaway? Castaway, yeah. Wilson. <laughs> Wilson. And yeah. I said, you know, Tom Hanks, it's got like kind of, I tell small business owners, you're kind of like Tom Hanks. You yeah. just got, you're on an island by yourself. And you got a volleyball and an ice skate and some stuff that washed up on shore. And you got to build a raft and get off. And that's what you have. Yeah. See, now, Tom Hanks, while you're sitting in the island, didn't look at all the things he didn't have to get off the island. He leveraged the things he did have, created a strategy, created an action plan, took action, and got off the island. Right. And that's where most businesses are. They're left with – they're alone. 
Yeah. They're, they're, they're talking to strange objects at night, you know, because yeah. they're lonely. Because <laughs> right? yeah. entrepreneurism can be lonely. Right. And they got very few <laughs> tools. But right. you got to make what you have, you know, to get where you want to go. Right. And that's the key is really assessing what do you have and then coming up with bright ideas of how to leverage what you have and stop putting your attention on what you don't have. I don't have Grant Cardone's millions. I don't have the fame. I don't – I got that. Yeah. And you can talk about that and whine about that all day and be a victim. Yep. That ain't going to open the door to success. we got to assess what you do have. Yep. And 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 I, I talked about this, I don't even know, uh, two nights ago maybe on a live stream where it was, you know, you focus on on – when you focus on what you don't have, you get more of that. And and when you you put your attention on on what you do have and gratitude, you literally open up. You make room for more. You you just do. Yeah, you, you you get what you validate, right? Right, right. Good or bad. Amen. And so yeah. you, you've got to you've got to know you've got to assess internally doing an audit of yourself and go, yeah. what are the skill sets and the, and, and what are the abilities? Right. What right. are my connections? Who do I know? Right. right. How can I leverage that? And, you know, it takes a little bit of humility as well. I mean, I, yeah. I was in a very similar position a few years ago, divorce, not fun, yeah. starting over, no money. Yeah. You know, and, and I went, I had some, fortunately some very good friends that I've known for a long time. Yeah. And I said, dude, I need a little money. I need an opportunity. Yeah. I'm going to come back. I'm going I'm to pay you back with interest and yeah. I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to succeed. Yeah. They're all paid off. Yeah. My business is growing. Right. 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 You know, yeah. and so, but I had to assess who, do, what do I have? Where, how do I start this new journey in my life? Love and, it, man. I love it. So if, if somebody came to you, and and they said, you know, look, man, I, I've I've um, I'm stuck. My electric's getting shut off tomorrow. My car was repoed last week. Uh, I I can't figure out, you know, all my, all my competitors are killing it, and I'm not, and I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, what do you say to that person? You know, and I I get so many different answers when I interview people on here about this question. It's like, you know, I I. I know it's going to vary a little bit, but that fundamentally there's something that you can say to that person to help a motivate them and b get them over that hump. Like right now. Yep. What do you say? Tell them, go. I, I want to hear what, cause I have a feeling that you have a great answer. I have two, there's two ways I answer that. Number one, I go, look, Nelson Mandela sat in a prison for 25 years on the edge of death, not knowing whether he was going to make it the next day. And the guy walked out and he told himself, if I take all this anger with me, I'll never leave the prison. Love it. The minute he walked out, he left those 25 years, the bitterness behind him. Yeah. And he became president of that nation. It's insane. Okay. He went to being an incarcerated prisoner, tortured, beat. So you're, you don't have any of the challenges that Nelson Mandela has, 
but you got to let go. You better right. because that will be your prison. Wow, love it, dude. And number two is you and I know that if you have the ability to get into this much trouble, you have an equal amount of ability to create that much success. And let's just acknowledge the fact that you're that causative. You really got yourself in trouble. And I would admire how causative and proactive <laughs> you were in getting into this deep of a hole. And if you can dig that deep of a hole for yourself with all that ability you have, then those same talents and abilities reversed will build a tower just as high. Love it, dude. I love it. Start pouring concrete while you're down there. Build you a nice foundation. That's right, man. <laughs> yeah. Look, if you've got talent to create big problems, you've got talent to create big solutions. Dude, that is freaking one of the best answers ever to that question. I love it. Because it's true. It is it's, true. It is true, man. People get stuck there and it's, it's just not necessary. Yeah, you need to have your Nelson Mandela moment and walk out and leave the prison behind. Dude, I love that, man. I freaking love that. Wow. So, so what, I, I mean, first off, how, how would everybody follow you that's watching this that, 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 that they don't know who you are? Um, how, what's the best way to follow you? Connect with me on LinkedIn. Just type in Edwin Dearborn. Uh, YouTube. I've been doing a lot of videos, so just go to YouTube. Follow me on YouTube. I think those are the two best places. Um, not a lot of people are on Twitter. I find that most people are on LinkedIn or watch videos. What about Facebook? Yeah, Facebook, but I'm at 5,000. Uh, so do you not have a fan page? I do have, I do one. It's, uh, if you look at Edwin Deer, I think it's, uh, it's called, uh, Marketing and Business Advice from Edwin Dearborn. Okay. Just okay. type in my name, you'll, it'll pop up. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I've become a big YouTuber. I'm, I've just, I've really gravitated towards video, right? Yeah, yeah. Video to me is the future. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, yeah. look what we're doing right now, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, also, I want to ask something of you. Sure. I love public speaking. Uh huh. And if you ever see an opportunity for us to work together on the public speaking tour, please. Because yeah. I, I just, I love your demeanor. I love your approach. You know, um, you're, you're such a, um, you bring a sense of realism and authenticity. And you're not one of these Tony Robbins guys that's up there. <laughs> I won't mention other people that give these, you know, <laughs> cliche type. Hey, I, I don't, I don't so drive a I Ferrari. I don't, I don't have a Ferrari. Yet, <laughs> I'm sorry. I said I don't drive a Ferrari yet. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I'm saying. You know, like know, I've got all dude. the bling, I've got all the money, the Ferrari, the hot girls, yeah. and you know, you yeah. can do it, and all this cliche yeah. motivational stuff. I don't like that. Right. I like real hard truth, pragmatic planning. Yeah, things and, that and, we can and, do. And, and I appreciate that, man. I I'm not like. You know, I, look, my plan when I started my business was to survive. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I want better than McDonald's. That's literally what I, and, 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 and oh, and I got to pay child support now, and I probably should make my car payment or they'll take it. 
So, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a plan like most people, right? So what I did have and what I know you have is I had the ability to get off my ass and go knock on a door and, and, and talk to people. And I had the ability to pick up the phone and, and call people. And I had the ability to annoy the crap out of people over and over and over until they either put a restraining order against me or they said yes. Right. They opted out. Yeah, totally. So, so that's, that's it, man. Like that's, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. I can see the title of your new book, Beyond the Happy Meal. <laughs> McDonald's might sue me for that. But like, you they know, might. I, I think it, it <laughs> I love that title. But, but, but uh, Beyond the Golden Arches <laughs> or something. <laughs> but, but like, you know, anyway, look, I think that you're a thousand percent correct with the video thing. Um, Facebook is not something to be ignored. I tell clients that every single day, um, you know, and, and there's so many, so many different things that, um, that people could be doing that they're not doing because they have more excuses than they have desire. Yep. It's that simple. You're spot on. Yeah. So dude, I, I, I'm so grateful. A, I want everybody to know that Edwin unfriended me on Facebook until last night. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I'm like looking for pictures to promote this. And, and I'm like, dude, why did you unfriend me? And you're like, I, I didn't. What are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, you did. Somebody hacked your account and unfriended me, dude. Like that was, that was freaky. I was like, I, I, I that was, I, it was a devastating moment going, how did I unfriend? Like, you said it was what? a devastating moment. I must have woken up at 3 a.m. in some stupor and just pressed, like, you know? I don't know. this guy. But yeah. anyway, dude, I, I, like, you're, you're a great guy. You obviously have an unbelievable amount of experience. So, um, you know, I, I think everybody watching this, go follow Edwin for sure on Facebook and and I'm sure you'll direct them from there um, how to get to YouTube and, and LinkedIn. And, and, and do you use Instagram? I do, yeah. Okay, so Instagram, all, all of the platforms. And, and, dude, I really genuinely appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. I, I, I love the fact that you did it. Um, any last words of, of just inspiration, advice to somebody that's stuck that they can't figure out how to get past the hump? Yeah. First of all, I want to thank you. Oh, and really, like, I, I just love this format that you've created. Powerful uh, tool for people like myself. It's going to build your brand. The thing that I can tell people. Uh oh. Are you there? Motivation. Hold on. You, something happened. Yeah, I'm here. You there still? Uh oh! Right when I ask for wisdom, it freezes. Okay, I think you're back. There you are. There you are. Am I back? Yep, you're back. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. Be true to your own purpose. Figure out a plan. Be get get a mentor. Look, you'll get the help if you ask for it. If you say everything's fine, then no one's going to help you. Do not refuse the help. You know, like Ken, 
if someone came to you and said, look, I'm in a tight spot and I need you to mentor me, what would you do? You'd do it. I'd do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I have. <laughs> exactly. You've yeah. got to be willing to ask for help. You've got to be humble enough to ask for help. Yeah. And if you can ask for help and get help, then you will be helped. Love it, dude. You're right. Thousand percent. Edwin Dearborn, thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate you. Thank you, you, sir. Thank you to everybody on Facebook for all the shares. If you're a replay viewer and you've made it this far, thank you. Really appreciate it. And and, uh, you guys have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Edwin, thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow.